This is the Modern Architect radio show and podcast. The Modern Architect features one-on-one interviews with renowned and cutting-edge architects, influencers, and sustainability leaders. Our show informs and illuminates the transformation that architecture brings to our cities, communities, and lives. And now, introducing the host of The Modern Architect, Tom Dioro. Today, we're, uh, we're honored, and uh, I'm really excited to uh, be joined by Gaylord Christopher, fellow of the American Institute of Architects and founding principal at Architecture for Education. You can find them on the web at architecture4e.com. That's architecture, the number four, letter E, dot com. Today's episode is made possible by Swatchbox, the leading sample platform for architects and designers. Swatchbox brings thousands of product samples from the world's leading manufacturers into one platform. Browse materials for inspiration, create custom collections, then request your samples for free with automatic next day or second day shipping. Get started at Swatchbox.com. Hello again, Gaylord. We're uh, really happy and thrilled to have you on the show today. Thank you for being here. Oh, sure, Tom. I'm happy to be with you. Gaylord, as we talked about just before we got on the show, is if you have a, a, a favorite quote or one of the favorite quotes, we'd love to hear it to kind of get a, a, a feel for not just your great accomplishments, but you know who you, uh, who you are and why it matters. Sure. Well, um, I would say my mantra through my 45-year uh, career now has been uh, inspire learning. And, um, you know, that may be... Uh, you know, sort of a strange mantra for an architect, but um, uh, I really gravitated early in my career to designing educational facilities and uh, through exposure to a number of people, but um, I I really settled upon uh, the idea that uh, the architecture that we create, uh, the environments that we can, uh, that we create uh, can inspire learning and and also encourage students uh, to um, be more engaged in the learning process. I like to engage in the learning process and share with you and your personal experiences. I, I believe that wholeheartedly, but share if you can share your experiences in how it does engage the student to be even more involved in the learning process by great, with great architecture. Um, well, uh, you know, the first project that I uh, really remember um, uh, that being a, a critical element. And this was actually back in the early 80s. Uh, we um, were designing a school out in Rancho Cucamonga. And um, at that time, there really wasn't any funding available to construct uh, new buildings. Uh, so we actually took a series of uh, portable classrooms from another school and then really um, uh, applied architecture to those. Uh, you know, we created some gable structures and screened the, you know, the wall-mounted air conditioning, and and um, and then uh, uh, through the planning committee process, we found out the site that we were locating the new school on uh, happened to be uh, Bear Gulch. Uh, it was a, a place, there was a little creek at the end of the, or southeast uh, end of the site uh, where bears used to hang out, you know, years years ago in Cucamonga. And um, 
So the school was named Bear Gulch Elementary School, and um, we ended up putting uh, sandblasting a series of bear paws into the into the sidewalks. And someone on the committee knew someone at, at Disney, and um, we got got them to donate um, a bear climbing up the pole. We we were able to build a few new buildings, an administration building. And um, there was a sonotube concrete column uh, that, uh, and it's still there today, with a bear um, climbing up the uh, the pole. And so, um, and that that really uh, created a, a a real environment where, you know, really the school is is probably the first formal environment that kids have a you know, a long experience in, you know, obviously they go to the store and they go to the library, uh, but, you know, schools that are there for six hours a day. And so having something as they come into this, uh, which is typically an institutional structure, having something that sort of breaks down that barrier barrier of the, uh, of the institution uh, and makes it a more friendly place, uh, we found that that to be um, you know, really engaging to students. And, and then, you know, little things as they're exploring the campus, they go to their room and the, the door numbers are on a bear paw sandblasted in wood and, and uh, they can follow the paws around and, um, uh, you know, almost like uh, a little like Santa Claus uh, in a way uh, that you have this sort of uh, a little bit of a fantasy that engages you more in your school. It sounds like a fun school to go to for sure. Apply. I like the you. You stated apply architecture to an, an existing building. We'll jump a little bit out of education and just to buildings in general. Do you see a lot of buildings that you go? Oh my gosh! I I can imagine what I could do with this just for the sake of fun. Uh, sure. Yeah, that's. I I think that's a bane of an architect's existence. Uh, you know, as you. Uh, go on vacation or you travel around the country or the world and, and you see, you know, it's a, there's a yin and yang, uh, you know, you see wonderful environments, you go to Europe and, and you're just inspired and intrigued. And, and then you go to, um, you know, many communities in America where, um, you know, architects are not engaged in, you know, whether it's, uh, designing houses or retail structures and, uh, you know, there's not a lot of care or attention to um, the experience that people have in the building. And and so, um, you know, uh, I think any architect sort of uh, sort of thinks about how things could be if um, if a, a little more thought and inspiration was put into the, into the design. In your experience, and if you're at liberty to share, why do you think that there is a, a greater level of inspiration and uh, intrigue with the buildings of Europe versus in contrast to those here in the, in the States. Is it a, a cost factor? Is it a design factor? Is it a speed factor? Those are just a couple of things I throw out. What, what, why do you think that these structures aren't so much so that, Oh, you've got to see this building that, uh, or this place that I grew up in. And it's just amazing. It does, it's well, not I, common here. Yeah, I, I think initially um, it's just the period that they're built in. Buildings built, you know, 200, 300, 400,000 years ago, they had to be so contextual. 
And so they fit into the environment very well. And, and then also, um, often they're built on the scale of a horse or a carriage, uh, or a very small car, uh, so the the scale is is so much uh, better, you know, from that standpoint. And and then, um, you know, as I've, I've traveled to some uh, communities that are that are much newer and they're built, um, uh, you know, built within the last uh, 20, 30 years, uh, you know, where where the community has this. Um, appreciation of architecture. Uh, for example, you know, the first time I've done a lot of work in Illinois and spent a lot of time in Chicago, and I was so amazed the first time I visited uh, that the uh, cab driver was pointing out, you know, great buildings in the city that he was proud of. Uh, mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I can tell you in LA that that does not happen, you know? Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, I think a big part of that is um, the community having respect and, and care um, uh, for the environment. Uh, Finland is a, another good example. Um, you know, just going through uh, that country, you know, their schools are the rated uh, the best schools in the world. And you can tell that there's a sense in the community, you know, you see parks uh, that are very kid centric and, and um, you know, there's some fun and color and, and, and things. So I, I think a big part of that is whether or not the commu community is ready uh, to support the architecture with money and, and also uh, going to places, whether it's a restaurant or a shopping center or a, or uh, buying a condominium or a house in a neighborhood uh, where there's uh, care and attention to the environment. It will touch on that the community has a lot of care and pride. How much of a factor is that in a, in a structure's architectural sensibility? Well, I, I think in my work, uh, you know, which is primarily educational buildings, I, I think that, um, uh, you know, for example, the work that we did in Aurora, Illinois, we, uh, we had an incredible relationship with, uh, with the superintendent and the community uh, working there for almost 15 years. And during that time, we were able to build uh, four new schools and then renovate every school in the district. And... Um, and I just got a sense that, I mean, one of, one of the board members, he was a fifth generation school board member, which was incredible to me that, you know, often um, uh, members of the community get on a school board uh, because they want to become a city council member or they want to, you know, be in the House of Representatives or whatever. It's just a, you know, a stepping stone to, to some other endeavor. Uh, but in, in that community and in many communities, uh, people get involved in the school school board uh, because they want to improve their community. Uh, they want to improve education for students. And, and that in turn leads to more support uh, for the environment, uh, more support for the learning environments that are created. And I think uh, there's even a sense to the, you know, to the her uh, to the heritage of the school. And I mean, I forget example, one of the schools that we renovated was, uh, Abraham Lincoln School that was built in um, 1912, and this this wonderful facility, uh, 
And we went back and we found some artifacts, uh, a, a flag that was made for uh, uh, President Lincoln, um, uh, different, oh, like there was a, uh, a, um, a stop sign from a crossing guard that had worked at the school for 40 years. It was sort of battered and beat up and it had this incredible texture to it. And so we were able to celebrate uh, um, some of those artifacts for the community. Uh, but, you know, that wouldn't have happened if the community hadn't supported uh, that sense of uh, heritage and, uh, you know, design sensitivity, uh, you know, in the planning process for the school. Excellent. This is fascinating. It's also the Modern Architect Podcast. We're talking today with Gaylord Christopher fellow of the American Institute of Architects and founding principal at Architecture for Education. Find them on the web at architecture4e.com. That's architecture, the number four, e.com. Gaylord, if you share with us, what was the inspiration for Architecture for uh, Education? Well, um, and as you um, probably know, it's one of the founding uh, principles of Wolf Lang Christopher, which is now uh, WLC Architects. And, um, you know, love my partners and, and um, you know, we built a practice. We grew from uh, four people when I joined to over 100 people when I left. And, and, um, and we did, uh, we primarily did uh, school architecture or educational architecture and civic buildings, fire stations, police stations, and things of that nature. And, and, um, I had a good friend, uh, Bill Brubaker at Perkins and Will, and, uh, through, a I won't go into the details, but through a number of events, I decided to, uh, to leave, uh, WLC and, and, uh, open an office for Perkins and it, uh, Will in, uh, Pasadena, uh, their, uh, their, uh, first California office at the time. And, uh, the reason I did that is just the, you know, as, as you know, the heritage that Perkins and Will had, um, uh, you know, going back to the Crow Island school, uh, which I, is probably my favorite school in the, in the world. Um, and, um, it, knowing Bill Brubaker and, and, um, so that allowed me to, uh, to, once Bill had retired and actually passed away, I um, led their education practice at Perkins and Will. And um, I, I found that at, at Perkins and Will, there were, you know, just a big corporation. There's, there's things that get in the way of you uh, really, uh, you know, following your passions, uh, you know, going back to that inspire uh, learning metaphor, it got more and more difficult uh, to inspire learning uh, while dealing with, um, you know, some of the politics and bureaucracy that you have to. And so the real impetus uh, in establishing architecture for education and um, uh, actually Rachel and Olivia and, and um, uh, me after I've retired, um, uh, we're celebrating our 20th uh, 20th anniversary on, on December the 6th, uh, which is, oh, which is a lot of fun, but in establishing architects for education, it was solely focused on, on that inspiring learning. And, uh, so there was no, you know, when you set up that, 
goal, there's really nothing to get in the way of that from a from a politics standpoint in in the organization. Yes, there's you know the the economy going up and down and all the challenges that we you know meeting budget and all the challenges that we have uh, as architects in in uh, you know taking an idea and and getting it funded and built. And um, so um, we felt that that. Uh, that that was the only way that we could keep all of the extraneous uh, issues out of the element uh, that that might keep us from achieving our goals. Oh, terrific. What's it like on a day to day? I mean, that's a general question. Just working with the uh, with the kids and uh, sharing with them. Architecture. What? What? If you can describe it, you know, however you want to. But I'd love to hear. You know how you feel about it. Not just the oh. structure of the organization, but hey, when you get to it, here's what you're showing these kids. Yeah, that's actually one of the one of the more fun, you know, things that that uh, we established in in and actually we did this at WLC and also at Perkins and Will, but it was really a focus at at A for E is engaging students in the planning process of, of the schools. And, and, um, you know, one of the, one of the, uh, sort of metaphors, uh, you know, that would, we would use, uh, with the students was, um, you know, having them sit down and, and, um, you know, think about their perfect day in school and, um, and doing that through, um, through writing, you know, coming up with, uh, with um, ideas uh, that they and and talking about their day, but also doing sketches of uh, you know their their perfect school and and uh, you know it's just amazing uh, you know some of the ideas that uh, that the students came up with um, that really drove you know the design process as 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 we move forward and. Um, and then that uh, I think the other thing, uh, you know, I always remember um, when I, you know, was working on my first my first architectural project in in um, in uh, college uh, was that you know we we had to do a, a two dimensional design, uh, you know, just expressing what what we thought architecture was, and you know, at that at that point, I thought. Uh, well, architects design houses, you know, and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it, I, uh, as I'm working with students, uh, um, a is very involved with ACE, the architects, um, con uh, contractors and engineers that work with students after school, uh, to really encourage students that may not think of architecture or construction or engineering as a profession, uh, to get engaged uh, in in one of those um, one of those professions, and I I often think about myself, you know, what I thought architecture was, and then what I really now understand uh, architecture is, and and trying to work with them and help them sort of understand, uh, you know, what a what an incredible profession it is, because uh, you know it's just this blend of art and and um, science and uh, economics and you know it just uh, it intertwines you know so many things that uh, you know there's 
there's really never a dull day in in architecture from that from that standpoint. You know, it's not like uh, being a race car driver or a fighter pilot. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it obviously doesn't have that level of excitement, but uh, it certainly has a variety of things that I I don't think you experience in in many other professions. Certainly not. You're listening to the Modern Architect podcast, KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. We're talking today with Gaylord Christopher, fellow of the American Institute of Architects and founding principal at Architecture for Education. For more information, feel free to visit architecture4e.com, architecture number four, letter E, dot com. Our public service announcements today are for two organizations. One is Save the Children. Save the Children believes every child deserves a future. In the United States and around the world, they work every day to give children a healthy start in life, the opportunity to learn and protection from harm. When crisis strikes and children are most vulnerable, they're always among the first to respond and the last to leave and do whatever it takes for children every day and in times of crisis to transform their lives and the future they share. You can reach them or see them on the web at savethechildren.org. And our other organization is Boys Republic. And with that, I'm going to turn that over to you, Gaylord, and uh, share, please, why uh, the Boys Republic matters much to you. Actually, one of, one of the um, last projects I, I worked on, uh, you know, I'm still engaged with, with uh, A4E, but... Um, um, one of the last projects I worked on before I retired uh, was uh, the um, Culinary Institute at, at Boys Republic. And anyway, Boys Republic has been around for almost 100 years, and, and it uh, basically uh, was founded at, as a place for, uh, for orphans. Uh, uh, initially, it was uh, just for boys, and, um, and you know, boys that had no place to go, um, they came out and, and lived in Chino on a working farm, um, and, uh, has some incredible buildings, uh, there that, that, uh, were designed. Um, anyway, it, it does have some, uh, really incredible buildings, but the, the focus of the facility is to engage students and, um, help them find a purpose in their life. And, um, as I mentioned to you before, uh, probably their most famous uh, student was Steve McQueen. And uh, Steve uh, went on to actually be a, an incredible benefactor for the school uh, because he felt like uh, much of his success was due uh, to his experience at Boys Republic. And, and uh, the other thing that's really unique uh, at Boys Republic is the students actually run the school uh, they they have a, a a council, and any discipline that's metered out is uh, or, uh, is done by the students, um, and um, um, they make a lot of the decisions on the governance of the school. And it's really a way to you know to teach the students responsibility. They also have a a transitional center. Uh, students ob obviously graduate uh, when they're around eighteen and um, and then uh, the, the school stays with them and helps them uh, 
help some grow. Uh, the exciting thing about the Culinary uh, Institute that we were just um, able to complete, and um, I welcome people to look at images of it on uh, a free website. Um, uh, Olivia Graf Doyle, uh, our uh, design principal, uh, and I worked with them very closely. And basically, they had started a bakery on on the school site. Uh, you may be familiar that this is a school that uh, builds the Della Robbia wreaths, uh, the uh, Christmas wreaths, uh, and oh, uh, okay. they're built by the students. And then that's uh, that's something that they do uh, uh, for their fundraising uh, element. But anyway, the bakery uh, got to be very successful. Uh, they started going out uh, to um, farmers markets. And um, now after we've uh, constructed this new facility, they're actually um, uh, sending uh, these out uh, uh, throughout the year. They're, they're baked goods. And, and again, it's something that's not only teaching the students responsibility and also giving them something that allows them to feel good about themselves, uh, but also it's something that um, gives money back uh, to the school and and to the students. Uh, they're paid for uh, the work that they do, and um, I don't. Know, it's it's just a wonderful uh, facility, uh, creating uh, something that. Um, uh, is really engaging and uh, incredibly successful with the students that they work with. I know we talked about this earlier in the show, Gaylord. What is the sense and the feeling that you get, and throughout the years, if it's a general question, let me know, but of knowing that you are a contributing, if not instrumental part, in the lives of children and their learning experience? Well, you know that uh, you know we all have low moments in our in our uh, daily life, or you know our lives in particular. And uh, it, when I run into those situations, I you know I just think about. Um, I mean, one of the most recent schools that we did um, in um, in the area where I live in in Oxnard, uh, Rio del Sol. Uh, you know, taking, you know, uh, that idea with the, with the bear paws, you know, to a much different level, uh, as you walk into the kindergarten, uh, there, the theme in, in the Rio school district is the river. And so as the students come in this entry tunnel, and it's really a tunnel, um, they, they enter through a barn door and, um, uh, they're surrounded by fish uh, swimming underwater and on the ground and on the ceiling. And uh, it's, it's really an incredible uh, environment. And so, you know, I, I mean, I think about some of these things that we've been able to do and create and, and the hundreds and actually, uh, you know, thousands and maybe even hundreds of thousands of students that have experienced those, uh, those, uh, environments through the years and it's uh you know it's nothing better than after working on a project for six years is uh going there the first time where uh where students are engaged and on the campus and and working with their uh with their teachers excellent 
Anything we would like to share, Gaylord, that we may not have uh, talked about or touched on on your show today? Oh, gosh. I would say that that um, I think the critical aspect of, of learning is that that students and, you know, going back to Boys Republic or myself or, you know, anyone that uh, is in a, a tough environment growing up, you know, that, um, you know, maybe they uh, they have no parents or they they have one parent or or um, they've had some tough experiences uh, with uh, abuse or or violence or, or or whatever. Or they're just a normal kid. You know, they may have a, a warm, supporting environment. But I think that, you know, the key thing uh, is that people need to feel good about themselves and they need to um, feel like they can, uh, that there's something that they're good at. And I, I remember uh, myself, you know, where, when I was questioning, you know, my worth or, you know, going through those rough teenage years where you, you know, you're trying to understand what life's about and, and, uh, you know, you're getting called names by, you know, people at school and, and whatever, uh, you know, a teacher reached out to me and, and, um, in, in the seventh grade, and I decided I wanted to be an architect. And, and, um, I, I, I think if we, if we think about young people in that way, uh, that I don't think there's any bad children, um, you know, it's just that, you know, society has not been there to, uh, to support them. And, and, um, so if you can, um, you know, reach out to a young person, whether it's your own grandkids or your own children and support them and love them and encourage them to find something that they're passionate about, you know, it doesn't have to be architecture. It can be anything, but, um, but, uh, help them find something where they can make a contribution to the world and make it a, make it be a better place. Gaylor, it's been a real honor and pleasure having you on uh, well, thanks, our show today as a guest. Thank you very much oh, for being here, really. Thank you, Tom. I mean, it's uh, been my pleasure. I, I appreciate what you do. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's wonderful to have a, you know, a place where people talk about architecture in a serious way and fun. Thank you very much. Yeah. And fun. Thank you. Thank you very much, Gaylord. It means a lot. You've been listening to the Modern Architect Podcast. I'm Tom Dior. Our guest today has been Gaylord Christopher, fellow of the American Institute of Architects and founding principal at Architecture for Education. For more information, feel free to visit their website at architecture for the numeral four e.com. Again, that's architecture for e.com. Join us again next time when we welcome another outstanding architect, engineer, influencer, or civic leader committed to positive and sustainable cities, communities, and lives. Thank you for listening. Today's episode is made possible by Swatchbox, the leading sample platform for architects and designers. Swatchbox brings thousands of product samples from the world's leading manufacturers into one platform. Browse materials for inspiration, create custom collections, then request your samples for free with automatic next day or second day shipping. Get started at Swatchbox.com.